Tigers will love that. Download our app today and enjoy tackle-busting benefits with great odds, more markets, and same-game multi every NRL match at Palmer Bed. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Hello and welcome to episode 438 of Fergo on the Free. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter, at AndrewRLP. And joining me as always is the glorious League Freak. You can also find on Twitter, at League Freak. How are you going there, mate? I'm going very well, Andrew. How are you? How's the life of the uh, leading Rugby League historian on planet Earth and not being a pretender, being the real deal? Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, changed a few imagine. shitty nappies. Gone great. Nice. That's that's uh, when you know you've made it. Yeah, solid prep work. Mm, mm. And how, how's your how's your world been? My world has been fantastic. I've got to say. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. The one thing that's great for me is that um, now that I work weekends, I don't get to see the Tigers get absolutely fucked every weekend. So that's been great. Yeah, I mean, like... And now there's this weird thing called FI... I, I don't even know how to pronounce it. It might be a, like an Italian word, F-I-N-A-L, something like that. I don't I, know. Yeah, I don't know much about it personally. Um, all you I know is... punishment just want to keep playing footy for some reason. Fuck if I know why. Yeah, weird. Very weird. Yeah. Um, and does nothing for the bottom line, which is why we play the game, is to balance the books. So I don't understand that right. at all. Every um, extra game is an expense. Yeah, 100%. Travel? Travel in September? No. Yeah. Right. Our books are tight. Mm, that's what she said. <laughs> okay, so we've got a special episode. Uh, well, all of our episodes are special, but this one's a special episode again. Yeah, it's a, it's a super special. And why is that? I don't know. Okay. I was I was just trying to hype up a little bit. I'm not good at this. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I'm more the hype man, aren't I? Yeah, that's right. Like to be fair, this um, episode is so good. You all better go and grab a towel to sit upon. Yeah, and grab it to make and make sure you're sitting. Yeah, yeah. Because let me tell you, if you're standing, you're going to slip over in the juices. Because uh, today we're going to go through all of the bylaws of the rugby. No, we're not. <laughs> We're going to explain how a rugby union scrum works. <laughs> Jesus. I thought we are doing a quick episode. <laughs> strap, doing in for, strap in for 10 hours of the thinking man's game. Well, here's how it starts. You get the fattest fucks you can find. Make them fatter. Make them fatter, right? They've got to be from a private school. And they've got to, you know, try their best to keep the racism down. Yeah, bend over. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, we're gonna we're gonna rank every single team's regular season in the 2022 National Rugby League. Yeah, because we saw on uh, a competitor's website. Yeah. That they're going to do brutal, honest ones, and we thought brutal, honest, brutal. There's no one who does brutal, honest like us. Not yet. We're we're number one when it comes to brutal. That's right. So, um, um, so we won't say the... which competitor it was, but they're all raging alcoholics. Yeah. Um, and drunks. That's uh, so drunks. Um, so we'll start with the Broncos. They, yeah, because uh, we're going in alphabetical order. Yeah, we're going in alphabetical order. They finished the season ninth. Mm-hmm. Um, up until 
at the end of round uh, until the start of round 24, I think it was, or the end of it. They were sitting just inside the eight. Um, had been in the top eight from round seven to round 24, and looked like they were, especially around the uh, origin period there, just after they had the buy. They were fourth on the ladder, and a win over Parramatta in round 19 put them back in fourth place. They looked and good. They looked they really good. good. It looks like Kev had sorted them out, mm-hmm. turned them around, and they were bound to return to the finals. And then against Melbourne, Parramatta, and George, those last three games, they scored a total of 30 points and conceded 135. <laughs> yeah, well, look, <clears throat> the Broncos, uh, I look like a genius for most of the year because I picked them fifth and no one picked them fifth. Turned out they just missed the finals. And... Um, there was something, I don't know if you saw it, there was a player that did an interview and they said it looked really bad for Kevin Walters. Um, I don't know what he said. I meant to watch the interview, but I didn't because uh, at the end of the day, I didn't care that much about what a player thought of coach when the players were really failing on the field. And there's no doubt Kevin Walters has done a really good job with this Bronco side considering where they come from. Yeah, um, but in it's, such a short period of time. Yeah. But at the same time, I think it's fair to say that the end of the season was such a bad failure. I've got to give them a D. Yeah, that's... I mean, the defence had been a bit of an issue on and off throughout the year. They also had the Cowboys put 40 on them in one game and 38 in another. Mm-hmm. Panthers put 40 on them in, in uh game in round six. Melbourne, they, even the Tigers put 30 on them. Yeah. Um. The Roosters as well racked up 30 against them. You know, you, you're not going to be much of a threat in the finals if you can't get your defense in order in, in a reasonably consistent manner. And they just dropped in and out of games far too often. And let's be honest, they're coming from such a low floor when it comes to their defense that being inconsistent defensively from game to game is a giant improvement from the previous year. That's you true, know? that's true. So, so you've got to take that into account. They just missed the finals. Um, most people didn't have them in the finals, so it's not like they exceeded expectations or anything, um, or, or, you know, in terms of being bad, I guess. But, yeah, so I give them a D. What do you give them? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm inclined to give them a uh, probably a, a, D, a D plus. Okay. They're a fella. Just chill, yeah. <laughs> right. Um <laughs> Their attack was a lot better mm-hmm. this year. It had it actually had some cohesion there. Adam Reynolds had a huge hand to play in that. Yeah. Um so that was that was very impressive to see. They did turn on their defense a few times, which was also very um good to see that they're heading in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So I'm willing to go with a D plus there. Yeah. But that that fade out at the end of the season was atrocious. Yeah, it really was. Um and it was it, it looked like a player thing, you know. I, I don't think it's a coaching thing. I, I think that that was a player thing, and I, it could be a blessing in disguise because Kevin Walters will be able to look at those performances and see who he doesn't need going forward. And yeah. they were always going to need a clear out as a club, um, and it's they're a work in progress. Yeah. The one thing I think people, and I think it's something in rugby league that we really, and maybe in sport in general, is you can't absolutely bottom out completely as a club and just turn it around. Like, 
when you bottom out as a club, you have to turn around like culture, the culture of your juniors. The, like it's such a long process. It doesn't happen quickly. No, that's right. You know, even if you bring in, you know, uh, veteran players and all this sort of stuff, to turn it around is atrocious. That's why it's so bad to bottom out so completely. Yeah, because they they've done so well to avoid doing that. Mm. Um, but to drip drift back into that so quickly. Well, it's habits. Mm. People and get, get stuck there. Yeah, yeah. But, and but look, and then people form habits, yeah, and they're really right. bad habits. And that's that's the thing when people are like. Oh, we've got all of these youngsters, but they we come dead last. It's like it, they just all learned the worst possible things they could. Yeah, that's right. But uh, I, there's still plenty of upside in this side. They're, they're going to get better before they get worse. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Pat Carrigan, huge fan of his. Um, oh yeah. You know, Tony Staggs started to look like he was getting it a little bit more towards the end of the year. So Corey Oates, got... I mean, he bagged 20 tries in 22 games. Yeah, he's a really solid player, hey? Like, um, Cobbo, 15 tries in 18 games. Um, Remember it... when you and me were like, oh, yeah, Cobbo, he needs another season in reserve grade just to get physically up to the speed of the game, and then all of a sudden he turned into, like, a superstar the next week? <laughs> you just needed that pep talk from us. Yeah, that's yeah. We did that on purpose. You're welcome, Kev. Mm. Um, look, well, I mean, look, we also did that with uh, Suwali as well. So, you know, you're welcome, Trent. No, no, you did that with Suwali. I had nothing. You can take some of the credit if you want. No, no, no. I, 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 was, I was on the Suwali train. <laughs> um, next we move on to is uh, Canberra. Well, what, what a weird year for the Raiders. Um Poor Canberra, or everything's always against Canberra, just ask them. Um, the highlight of their season was the coach getting upset about something that happened 10 years ago at a kids' footing match. And they started the season off looking putrid. They brought a bunch of young players in finally, um, started getting better and better. But, you know, it's still Canberra. So... What do you what do you give them as a grade? It's a bit tricky because unlike it's almost a complete flip of what uh, what Brisbane did. Mm, mm. Um, and as much as they won their last four games coming into the finals, none of those four teams were top eight sides. Yeah, um, the Dragons they beat by two points. The Knights they beat by a converted try. The out of form Manly, they beat by 42. And the last place Tigers, they beat by 46. When, to be honest, they're up by 42 at half time. So they even clocked off in the second half of that game. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I think it's easy to look at the, the last few games and think that they're in some really hot form. But if I'm a coach of any team, I don't want to come into the finals and sneak into the top eight, having won just four games against dog shit teams. I think that's the worst preparation you can have when you've got to come up against the Melbourne Storm at Amy Park in your first week of the finals. Now, sudden death final, mind. Um, and, was, I mean, let's look at six, six of their last seven games were against bottom eight sides that they won. The Warriors and the Gold Coast as well were there. Mm-hmm. The loss was against Penrith. <clears throat> Sorry, the, the weak gutted dogs, Penrith. Yeah. And their last... 
really solid victory against a top quality side was round 18 against the Storm when they beat them 20 to 16 down here in Melbourne. Yeah, and look, I, a long time I, ago, I probably rate their season. Is this maybe one of the most difficult ones? I reckon. I think I'd probably rate their season a, a C, and the reason yeah. is that Hodgson didn't play a game for them. Well, he did play, but it was it was over really quickly. So that was a positive for them. Um, the turnstile out wide, he just wasn't a factor. So that was a positive for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? You can't say it wasn't a factor, mate. He missed the first eight games where they had two wins and six losses. They were sitting second last when he came into the comp. And yeah, when he, he came in <clears throat> for his only game of the year, three wins in a row. Yeah, but he's still garbage player. He um, got them into the eight. Yeah, still. Please. He saved their season. Nah. And oh, King Jared. Yeah, King. Imagine if he was your king. <laughs> he's one of them kings that are a spin and top. Remember them? <laughs> anyway. Um, um, I'm going to give them. Hang on, I've given my fucking reasons why I gave him a C. I thought we'd already done that. Okay, you're giving him a C. Yeah, they brought some some youngsters into the side, which was badly needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it's not a complete failure because they've got something going forward. And so that's why I gave them a C. I'm giving them a C minus. Okay. Was um because they've basically they started like trash. They finished okay against a bunch of shit sides, and. Haven't, I don't know. They haven't looked convincing at any part of the season, unless they're playing. Unless you know, unless they get to be a flat track bully. Yeah, um, true. And when they can't be a flat track bully, they all act like Corey Horsburgh. <laughs> this is it. So I, I don't know. I think there's a lot more work to be done with that roster. Um. Yeah, and possibly the coach as well. Okay. All right, up next, we've got the Bulldogs. Uh, finished the season in 12th place. Uh, seven wins. I mean, it's an improvement on last season, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And they made the big change they had to make, which was getting rid of Trent Barrett. So that has to be a positive for them. They definitely made a step forward, which was a positive. Um, they've still got that, as I talked about, when you bottom out completely, it's you've still got those terrible performances in you, but um, I think that they are finally heading in the right direction, which is good for Bulldogs fans. So I think I will give them a D minus. B minus? D. Oh, D minus. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, the getting rid of the coach was, was a big thing because hmm. um, he'd done nothing for their attack. Or their defence. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not often that a, a head coach comes along and he's worse than the interim coach he replaced. And then he's worse than the interim coach that replaces him. Yeah, it's it's something pretty special. You know, yeah. I, I don't think we've seen that too many times before. So, uh, well done, Trent. Trent, amazing, amazing. Yeah. The catastrophic failure he was at two separate clubs um, we talked about when he first, before he even got his first first grade gig, like you can't just say, I want to be a first grade coach. You can't just be like, well, I'm going to be a first grade coach. Uh, and I am, and I deserve a job because that's what happens. You get a Trent Barrett situation. 
That's right. You've got to do it the right way, and that is let Buzz try and lobby the entire competition of three years for you to do it. Yeah. That's the way to do it. <laughs> it's how people with integrity do it, damn it. Exactly. Um, they had that brief period just after they got rid of Barrett where their attack turned into something functional after it hadn't been. Um, yeah. It took, there was the, they took one week and then they looked like a different club. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, that's, that's the thing about, you know, a coach, a bad coach versus a coach that just knows how to coach, you know, not even a great coach, just somebody that knows how to coach. Um, and it was it was shocking to see, really. Even for us, it was pretty shocking to see. Yeah, and if you take out the... I mean, they played a lot of games against top eight sides. If you take a lot of those results out and look at, you know, their performances against teams in the bottom eight, um, pretty solid performance in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, no, none more better, I guess, than their 34-4 win over Parramatta in round 14. That was very impressive. It was a good game, that one. And the other thing to to look at too is like that they finally have found a coach that gets the job done for them on the field. And so they stuck by oh wait, they didn't stick by him, they got rid of him and got somebody else at Sun Tribe. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I mean did they go back to the well? <laughs> did they well, go back to the, the Penrith assistant coaching well? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we know how good Penrith assistant coaches have been, don't we? That's right. That's Amazing, fine. Garth Brennan, big shout out. <laughs> so if uh, if Trent was the architect, what are we going to call uh, Cameron Seraldo? That's a really good question. What could we call Cameron Seraldo? Maybe the uh, the engineer, the inmate, yeah, the foreman, the foreman. What do you reckon? We'll the engineer's we'll pretty good too. I like the I, engineer. I think we'll go with engineer. Okay, let's call him the engineer. Foreman sounds like head coach. He hasn't come from that role. So we'll go with, with engineer. Okay. That sounds better than architect. Bit too distant, the, the old architect. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah look, they've got a, a pretty solid squad to work from, especially in the backs. Um, forwards are, are not too bad, but they don't have a lot of players on contracts beyond this or next year. So they could have a bit of churn in their squad over the next two years. They which, get... They get Moni though from uh, from the Eels, and they get Kikau, who is one of the yeah. top forwards in the game now. He was not the player he was when they signed him, so um, they need, very they need to build now. a bit of uh, a, a bit of a squad for at least the next three years around those guys, not have everyone coming off contract in the year or two that they're there. Well, so, if there's one thing that Phil Gould is good at, it's um, shuffling players. So. He's got this place in perfect position for a lot of that. <laughs> um, so I think that's the only thing that could be their undoing is a lot of players coming off contract and a lot of churn, and that just means that you've got an unsettled roster for a few years, and so they might end up swimming around this 10th to the 13th sort of spot for a few years until they get something settled. Mm-hmm. But um, definitely moving in the right direction at long last. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, give them a, uh, I'll give them a D minus. Okay, yeah. So we agree on that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next, we've got the Sharks. Finished the Re- season in second place. Yeah. Uh, shocked only shocked had, me. Only had one week on the ladder where they weren't inside the top seven, and that was round one after they lost that game by five points to Canberra. Um, 
Nico Hines worked well beyond my wildest expectations as a half. I was really concerned that that was throwing money at like the flavour of the month. And uh, he is a footballer. Like he's a, he's a footballer. He's a competitor. He's a smart footballer too. Mm. So that was a brilliant signing. Um, their defence was pretty damn good. They did a lot of basic things right. And so I'm giving them a B plus. Yeah, there's a lot about the uh, the Sharks that happened this year that I was pretty impressed with. Um, none more so, not just, as you said, about Hines and what he what he brought to the team, but how he managed to get the best out of um, uh, young fella, Moylan. Yeah, just, Moylan, Moylan he had it all back, didn't he? For a long time. Mm. Um, and there was things that Moylan was doing that I haven't seen him do for quite a while this year, and he was still doing it a few weeks ago, where he would try something instead of instead of just trying to score points all the time, which he was guilty of doing for a long time when he got close to the line. He started showing patience at last. Mm-hmm. And we saw it a few weeks ago when he went to the, the right side, I think it was against the Bulldogs, and he saw the defense rush up really fast on the on his outside edge and cut off the opportunity to the winger. Mm-hmm. The next time he went down there and he went that way, he waited for them to rush up again. And then once they rushed back and they went past the line, he then passed between two defenders to his unmarked winger who scored completely untouched. And he went, that's... That's the Moylan we'd been waiting to see about eight years ago. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's found it now. He's just got that little bit of more patience in his game. He's running. He's making better decisions when to run. Um, so that's that's been really good. They don't have. They're not a one-trick pony in attack either. They've got a lot of different things they can throw at you, long and short. Um, so I do really like that. I was very. Um. Not very keen on the whole putting Fitzgibbon in as coach. I didn't think that Morris had done anything bad enough to to see him being arsehole. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but Fitzgibbon's done quite a lot of good stuff, mostly for their defense more than anything else. Um, he's got a really good structure set up for their defense at the moment. So, um, yeah, I'll take the L there. Yeah, same here. I, I didn't think it was really a good, good idea. But uh, he's got the job done and... And we'll see how they go in the finals and, and moving forward. Um, um, I, th- I don't look- think I had them in the finals. I think I had them missing the finals. So. I, I think I had them around seventh or eighth or something like that. Yeah. Um, just because I thought there was too many squads below them that just weren't um, as good. Mm. It was basically just that on paper. Mm-hmm. Now, they've won is it 11 of their last 12 games, something like that. Yeah, they're, they're on the run. They've been in bloody good form. Uh, and that one loss that they had was against Penrith, and they gave Penrith a bit of a run too. Um, Penrith had to pull out a few extra good plays in the second half to get the job done there. I think the other thing is too, like to to get into a position where they got that home match against, like it's a there's a big difference between playing at Shark Park and playing up there in North Queensland, a very big difference. Oh, yeah, so yeah. that was huge for them. Um, Absolutely. Uh, I'm willing to give uh, – the other one too is – um. Blake Braley. Um, there was a lot of criticism, I guess, for three previous years, mostly on just his size. Mm-hmm. But he finished this year having made more tackles than anybody else mm-hmm. um, and played in every game. Would have been every minute, but he got Simbin a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I think he's he added a bit of toughness to his game this year. He always been kind of a bit more flair in the past, but he added a bit of toughness to his game this year, and um, he was very, very, very good this year. I'm going to give an A minus. Oh, okay. A minus. Now, next up, we've got the uh, I think it's the Gold Coast Titans. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, look, there's. There are some positives. Um, Big Tino went from being a, a very good forward to maybe the best forward in the game this year. Um, AJ Brimson playing what you would consider to be out of position at 5'8", showed signs that he can be a, a really good 5'8 at NRL level. Yep. Uh, Jaden Campbell was in and out of the side a little bit, but uh, still he showed enough that he's he's a very good you know, prospect at fullback long term. Um, I think Toby Sexton even played pretty good, considering it's his first season. Um, you know, and and he it's obviously a learning situation for him, so he wasn't perfect, but he did all of the things you want to see out of a young halfback. Um, having said that, though, what a bloody disgraceful season they had! Putrid for most of the year, uh, terrible coach. And I'm giving them an E. Ah, uh, man. They they were in such a good position coming into the season. They let they let their halfback go and it's, it's killed them. Um, on paper, they've got a very, very good team. For the like there's players all over the place that have played rep footy in their side. And yet they were putrid. Yeah. Could they could literally be up twenty two nil after twenty minutes, and you'd be like, "Ooh, this they, the other team could make a game of this still," and a lot of times did and beat them. Yeah, it's the the squad was solid enough, but man, that that period from round oh basically round five to round twenty one, they had one win. One coach win. should be gone right now. That's just that's uncalled for. That's Horrible. atrocious defence. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm giving them an F. Okay, yeah. There's nothing good enough. in. There's nothing good. They don't. They can't come out of that season and say, right, we've got something to build upon. They went backwards at such a fast rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't yeah. sign St Helens coaches. We've 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 done that work already. We've told them. We've warned yep. them. Yep. What more can we do? We do? We're trying to save people here. We're trying to help everyone out. Mm. Yeah, if no one wants to listen, well, you know, this is what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, next, we've got Manly. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Uh, <laughs> well, everything was good until they decided to, let's face it, do the pride jersey during Women in League round. Um, some of the players decided not to take part in that. The event went ahead, and then the entire team decided not to take part in the rest of the season. <laughs> like, terrible end to the season. One of the worst you'll ever see. They were, you know, right up there in the top eight. They weren't even thinking about them missing the top eight. And they finished 11th. Yeah, I mean, they'd done the hard work. They They'd had a... They lost their first two games, then they won four straight to get into the top six. 
Then they lost two games against good quality sides in Cronulla and South, who were in good form at the time. They got back on track with a unconvincing win over the West Tigers. And then, you know, three losses in a row to Brisbane, Parramatta, Melbourne. You started to see a bit of drama there, but we sort of thought, well, maybe it's the origin period, that sort of thing. They beat the Warriors and Tigers with big margins. They lost by two to the Cowboys. They beat Melbourne, which made people think, ah, hang on, maybe they're, maybe they're genuine. They beat the Knights the week after. They were in the eight. And then look at this for a run home. Lost to the Dragons, 20-6. to six. Lost to the Roosters, 20-10. to 10. Lost to Parramatta, 36-20. Lost to the Titans, 44-24. Lost to the Sharks, 40-6. to six. Lost to Canberra, 48-6. to six. Lost to the Bulldogs, 21-20. to 20. That is a dog shit performance at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give them a F plus. I'm going to give them. Oh man, this is a tough one. I think I'm going to give them a. I think I'll give them a D as well. I can't. Say oh no, no, not a D, an E. Sorry, an E. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I, I could go with E, but they have enough decent players in that squad to. Been a more of a threat at the end of the season, and they folded hard. Yeah, it's weird how the last week there's been this uh, media thing against Des Hasler. Um, I don't know what that's all about. It's weird that the, when the Pride jersey thing happened, it kind of all was dropped at Des Hasler's feet, and he was the one that had to speak to the media about it. And then, um, are you all right? Yeah, yeah, just drop the microphone. If anyone can hear something happening in the background, my dog is chasing around a piece of a dead animal. Um, but Intern. Intern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not <laughs> animals, mate. Come on. <laughs> they are to me. Uh, Show some respect for the dead. No, no I refuse. <laughs> Just, yeah, it was weird that it's it's Des Hasler's the problem all of a sudden. Um, yeah, I, don't, I don't know what's going on there. Manly's weird, though. They've They've always got this, like, when things are going great, they all are like, oh, we're amazing. And then things start to go off kilter a bit and you get all of these fucking dickheads coming out of the woodwork and they start acting like the real housewives of the peninsula or something. It's kind of strange. Yeah, I, I don't get it. It's almost like with Manly, if, if something doesn't go perfect, then someone must be killed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And this time they've gone, well, it's going to have to be Des this time. Des, sorry, Des, you're out. We, we brought you back from the dead once. We're not doing it again. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, as far as I'm concerned, there's no excuses for that performance at the end of the season. Um, that was atrocious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I got, I can't give them anything better than an F plus for that. They, they should have done a lot better. I mean, they were in the top eight. They ended up finishing five wins outside it. Yeah, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. It, that's an unbelievable drop off. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Ah, oh dear. Anyway, we'll go on to the Melbourne Storm next. And uh, I'm going to make a bold prediction here. I reckon this could be the first time in about ever that they don't get an A+. <laughs> yeah, it's been a funny season for them. They've had a lot of injuries, to be fair. Um, Origin, I think, took a, a bit more of a toll on them, weirdly enough, this year. Um, they had some off-field stuff coming into the season, and it just 
didn't feel quite like a normal Melbourne Storm campaign. I'm going to give them a B, you know, and look, they, they finished fifth. Uh, they only finished fifth because a couple other teams were pretty hot towards the end of the year as well. And, um, you know, most teams would have loved to have a season like the Melbourne Storm and it be their worst year for a long while. So, you know, it, it, it's hard to complain about it when mm. it's the Storm. But I, I'd give them a B, I reckon. Yeah, just looking at the results, I mean, they were top of the ladder after round nine and they had been brutalising every team at that stage. Yeah, they looked scary. Scary good. Uh, their only loss was a four-point loss to Parramatta and that was in round three. Um, and then back-to-back losses to Penrith and the Cowboys, you go, well, they were the top two teams on the ladder at the time, but they lost by significant margins on both of them. Mm-hmm. You know, it was 26 points to Penrith and 30 points to the Cowboys. Yeah, and that, that Penrith game, there was a feeling of like, you know, at, at how are these two teams going to line up? Are we looking at the grand final replay and and when Penrith handled them pretty good, it was, uh, you, you kind of were like, wow, that didn't expect that, you know? Yeah. So. Um, yeah, they went three straight against Manly, Roosters, and Brisbane and looked a little bit more convincing, but then they just lost four straight games against teams that were all in the eight at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then had three solid wins. The, the most, I think, I think they sort of made it clear that they were back. Back on the game when they beat Penrith sixteen nil, it wasn't the the fact they scored sixteen points. It was about the fact that they were able to keep a team to nil. They'd only done it once previously this year, and that was against the Bulldogs in round four. Um, yeah, the thing about that game though is that, like, keeping in mind Penrith had players missing. Oh yeah, Penrith were under strength. Yeah, but the problem was they'd played against really poor um, attacking teams in the previous weeks. And they still conceded points. I think in their own mind, they needed to keep someone to nil. They didn't care how they did it or what they were like. They just needed to do it to know that they could again. Yeah, good point. I I just Um, think, as a Panthers fan looking at that game, because they started off on fire in attack. Yeah. And it was like, oh, man, are they going to beat us by 40? You know, because that would suck when it's a... You don't want that memory in the plays that are left. No, that's right. Some plays. And... They ended up only winning sixteen nil, and it was like, ah, oh, that just seems it just seemed a little bit un Melbourne like. Yeah. Once again, you know, I know that that's a, I've said that a few times now, but that's how the season felt at times for them. I think from from about that win against Brisbane in round fifteen through till the win against the Titans in round twenty one, that that period there, they stopped doing the things that were working so brilliantly in the start of the season with their attack. And their attack looked a bit confused and a bit off. It was probably because Pappenhausen was out with his injury. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had a few players coming in and out because of origin and injuries and stuff like that. But the structures and the systems they had in place in their attack completely changed. And it was a weird-looking thing. It just Everything looked out of kilter. Yeah. Um, and it looked like they were starting to get it back on track when they played Penrith. They worked on their defense first. And some of the attacking structures, and the next week they played Brisbane and put sixty on them, and you went, ah, it's back. Mm. But then they had a few more, um, a few more injuries to finish to round out the season. They had close losses to the Roosters and Parramatta. I mean, they're top eight sides, so you go, well, you know what? A close loss against unequally, unequally ranked sides, not 
a horrible thing. Mm. But they're not coming in on the back of immensely good form. True, true. So, um, yeah, it's hard to give them a pass given the amount of injuries they've had. I'll give them a, I'll give them a, just a, a rock solid B. Okay. Yeah. Uh, next, we've got Newcastle. Oh man. Uh, F. Yeah, I, it's, just I can't think of, I can't think of one positive out of it. Um, how have they done so much hard work? You know what the problem here is, and what makes it feel really bad is it feels like Nathan Brown did so much hard work, and Adam O'Brien has done nothing but made them plateau. See, I disagree. I don't think Nathan Brown did anything. I think Nathan Brown was yeah. the club bottom bottoming out. Yeah, but I, and it was a bottoming out that had to happen. They had to clean out that roster. They had to clean out a lot of things there, and so someone's going to wear that. Yeah, but and you've got like, to have. You've got to have the nuts to do that. And, yeah. and what does Nathan Brown give a team? Tell me something no, Nathan Brown has ever gives, given a team. He gives them a clean out. Well, that's, but that's like saying, well, this guy is so shit. No, it's not like saying that. You, you need to have a coach who's willing to do those hard yards, knowing that they're not going to get any plaudits for it. Ricky Stewart had become that sort of coach for a, a brief period. A patsy. A patsy, yeah. Well, if that's too many coaches, can... man, too many coaches are going, no, 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 I'm not going to go there because I'm going to be shit. Right? There's a difference. I think Nathan Brown is inherently a better coach and a better understanding of a team than Trent Barrett is. Because he knows who does. needs to be cleaned out. He cleans I, this shit out. I think Adam O'Brien's come in there mm-hmm. with a much better squad than what, what Brown had, and he's done nothing with it. I, I think Nathan Brown is as bad as Trent Barrett. And I think their records no, are pretty. Barrett's worse, man. I I I I would I think that they're both the same. I really do. Barrett. And I think that uh, on top of that, um, I'm not giving. Yeah. Look, I'm not sitting here giving Nathan Brown huge praise. No. I'm just saying he's better than Barrett. I think Nathan Brown is wise enough, has just enough smarts on him to know which players he can do without, and then he does without them by getting rid of them. Whereas Trent Barrett thinks everyone's a superstar. Let's play everyone. We'll win. I, I just, I just think that Nathan Brown gives you nothing, I, I, and I, I'm just going by results. Like we've talked, we joked about it, about Nathan when Nathan Brown's coaching your team, drag out the record books. Of course, right? He was the wrong coach to go to the Warriors. They didn't need him. They yeah. didn't need that sort of coach. He's a coach that you know the West Tigers probably needed because you'll go in there and just clean shit out, and then you'll move on. But whoever comes in next goes, oh, well, I've got a clean slate and a bit of cash in the salary cap. Well, let's go buy some players and sort this shit out. But do you look at this Newcastle lineup and consider it to be cleaned out? Like, I look at this Newcastle lineup and think, this lineup needs cleaned out. <laughs> it's better than the one that Brown came in with. Yeah, but the results aren't. Not much by yeah, much. That, that's a reflection on Adam, Adam O'Brien now. But how, when does it become a reflection on the players? Look, we're arguing. How good is this? When does it become a reflection on the players? It's always a, it should always be a reflection on the players. Yeah. But but a, the elite coach can make an average player get up and do the right things every single week and get the results, you know, consistently going the right direction. All this dickhead does is kicks a fucking chair and whinges and sucks and then says, oh, the you know, responsibility is all on me. You know, yeah. Stop kicking chairs and start kicking some asses, you fucking idiot. Look, I think it was his first game that he coached them, 
and he was kicking chairs. And you and me were like, you've got no, dude, what the fuck? You don't start kicking chairs day one. Like, because yeah. you've got nowhere to go. It's, you know? look, it's parenting 101, mm. right? If you, if your child does something that upsets you mm. and you just go, right, that's it. I'm going to kick your fucking ass till your nose bleeds. Mm. If, if that's your result, every time something goes a little bit wrong, eventually the kid's going to go, A, the ass is going to get used to it. It's not going to have the same impact anymore. And B, they're not going to give a fuck. It's just going to wash away. You've got to pull them aside and say, you know what? This is right. This is wrong. What you need to do is this, and you've got to do it better. And you've got to start off gentle and get more and more stern and let them know that, oh, fuck, I might be in for a bad one here. Yeah, lead up to chaining them to the radiator and flicking cigarettes at them. I get what you mean. Exactly, exactly. You, you can't just go straight to it. That's You need to build up to it. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, you know, people see Bellum in the, in the coach's box blowing up all the time. They think that he does that all the time. He doesn't do it with the players all the time. He does it when they deserve it. Mm-hmm. And you'll hear them when they've had a bad performance on the field. They're all very apprehensive about going into the dressing sheds. They're going, yeah, you're going to get your ass handed to you. They don't do it every fucking game, though, and not every loss either. Yeah, he knows look- when to do it. He knows, And the players know when it's going to happen, and that's the way you want it. You want them to know when it's going to happen because then they go, we know what we did wrong. That's where you got to be. Adam O'Brien just gets there kicking fucking chairs and sitting around going, he's lost his shit again. How many of the current Newcastle Knights side do you look at and go, I wouldn't mind him in my time in my side? Jaden Braley. And he's coming he's he's got that Achilles that he busted last year. You know? I'd I'd take him though. I think Uh, I would too, but worryingly. Yeah, look, there's not a huge amount there. I'll I'll give you that, but it is still a better squad than what they used to have. Clemmer? I wouldn't take Clemmer. No, oh, he's, just, he's, he's, he's in a place where he's not happy, man, so he's going to play like shit. I know, I, but I'd I'm take... just out on him. I, I, it's like, at some point, it's like, uh, you're on big money. You chose to come to the club, and you're, you're okay, you're unhappy, I get that, but it, he's just... He's like fucking Dan Carlo 2.0 at this point. It's like, I remember when David Clemmer was good when he was a young player and then he just fucking cruised. Yeah. Look, um, I think under the right Stern sort of coach, he'd be perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. This this bloke is Stern, but only with plastic chairs. Yeah. No one, I, no one respects that. He's so, um, so bad. Such a bad If Bradman Best had a good defensive coach, he would be a very good pickup. I am so out on Bradman Best, I can't even tell you. Oh, he's he's been wasted. Well, uh, but he he's a guy that is always injured, okay? And you're waiting for him to do something pretty cool, and it's just you're waiting and waiting and waiting. He's like a uh he's like a a poor man's fucking um Waka Blake. <laughs> like at least Blake can, at least Blake will disappear for a while, but he's still there doing some stuff, you know? And then yeah. he does something and you're like, why doesn't this guy play like this all the time? Like, he'll have a game where he just tears someone apart and you're like, holy shit, this guy's like fucking Greg Inglis all of a sudden. Bradman Best looks like that player, but never does it. I'm, I'm just out, so out on everything at Newcastle. The board, the coach, the CEO, everyone. Yeah, no, they they do need um, they need someone with experience to be in that place. 
like proper genuine NRL experience, and they've just not had it. That's not from fucking Newcastle. Yeah, or England. Oh yes, <laughs> yes, because you'll get the John's brothers saying, "You know what? Fucking Brian Noble. Have you seen his record over in England or some dumb shit like that?" <laughs> and then they'll sign him. Fucking dumb asses. Yeah. No, uh, for the Knights, yeah, I'm giving them a. Uh... Oh jeez. Look, uh, yeah, that it's it's miserable. I'm gonna give them an F plus. F plus, okay. <laughs> that, by I'm, the way, that's I'm, care- I'm carefully dodging giving anyone an E. I'm noticing. Yeah, yeah. What's with the no E's? I'm just being brutal. You're either, yeah. you're either a fucking failure, or you're not too bad. <laughs> um, that's the biggest disagreement I think we've had since uh, your daylight saving thing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you reckon? Absolutely. Oh, there was one about um, Josh Reynolds kicking out a ball and he hit someone in the oh, face. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, right. You were, you were wrong about that one too. No, fuck you. You were wrong. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Um, okay. What's the next, next we've got is the Cowboys. And uh, I think this is one that surprised a lot of people because after the 2021 season, mm. a lot of people thought, well, they're just going to be around the bottom half of the ladder again. Especially after they signed Chad Townsend. I mean, fucking oh, hell. How brutal were we about that? That's another one we got wrong, hey? Yeah, and uh, they've been pretty damn consistent all season. Um, they haven't had three losses in a row all year. They only had two losses together back in rounds four and five, and that was against the Roosters and a one-point loss to the Warriors. Um, they would have had another one if they if they had have been... Um, Denied their cheating win over the West Tigers in round 19. <laughs> <laughs> like I can. Um, no, they've been pretty pretty solid. And they've been doing it against the teams that they need to be competitive with. You know, top eight sides and the like. Um, that's the that's the important part. Mm-hmm. They haven't been blown off the park other than, a, uh, I think, Penrith beat them by 20-odd points to nil yeah. in the middle of the season. That's probably their lowest point. But uh, yeah, they've been been pretty damn good all year. I'm gonna give them a uh, I'm gonna give them an A, purely because where we thought they were gonna be and how mm-hmm. much how much they've overachieved by. I've given them an A as well. I think I picked them as my wooden spooner, and you know they were they were fantastic this year. Consistent. Uh, Todd Payton turned it around. Their signings were great. They developed some players. Just uh, like exactly what they needed to happen up there. Um, their fans would have been going into this season thinking, oh, man, this season's going to suck. We've got this new stadium, and the season is going to be terrible. And by the end of it, they're filling the place out just to watch a, a reserve-grade Panthers team get beaten. So it's, uh, yeah, can't go anything less than A for them. No, absolutely not. They've, they've been brilliant. Uh, loving what they're doing in the... Um with the second rowers and that channel that they run down there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, taking a lot of pressure off Tom Malolo to, to lead the charge all the way in the forwards. Mm-hmm. And they found out that, shit, we've got other good forwards here as well. Yeah, and, and bloody good forwards too. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been fantastic to watch. And then they get Luciano Leilua early on because the West Tigers don't need a you know a good hard run at second rower. So um, it's just fantastic season. I'm so happy for all their fans. All right, up next we've got, uh, oh, your favourite team, Parramatta. 
Well, Parramatta, I mean, they're, they're, it's their premiership to lose at this point, isn't it? Um, yep. they're, they're in the window. Yeah, yeah. They're in the it's, doorway. It's their time. They're confident. Um, they're, they're in the archway. They're, they're, they've gone through all the trials and tribulations, and now it's their time. Um, time. They finished fourth. Um, you know, it's a, it's kind of about where you would expect. I think that, I don't remember, I think I picked them to finish like sixth or something like that. Yeah, I had them somewhere down around there. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to give them, look, I'm going to give them a B plus. I think it's a pretty good season for Parramatta. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to just go with a B because okay. when they've had losses, a few of them have been bad ones. Mm-hmm. They lost to a Tigers team in round six that hadn't hadn't won a game. Mm-hmm. They lost to the Cowboys thirty five to four. They lost by seven points to the Roosters. They conceded thirty points there. They lost to the Dogs thirty four to four. They lost to South thirty to twelve. They lost to Brisbane thirty six to twelve. They lost to South twenty six nil. When they lose, they do it comfortably. Yeah. Um. Or they lose to a team they should have flogged. Um, yeah, true. But they they've beaten the Panthers twice, albeit one of those games they were down to twelve players for oh, what was it, seventy minutes or something like that. Um, and they beat the Storm as well. Yeah, look, so, they've done the Storm twice and Panthers twice. They don't tend to do that this year. Um, it's an achievement for the Parramatta they, Eels. They, they did have a run home that was pretty tough. So yeah, look, it has been a, a pretty good run home. Mm-hmm. Um, I do worry though that. They've just got a horrible, horrible record in the first two weeks of the finals. Yeah, but, like, we're only talking about the regular season, okay? I know, I know. And um, they achieved so much during the regular season. Fourth place, wonderful. Um, Gutherson didn't miss a game. That's probably yeah. why. Incredible, incredible season for the Parramatta Eels. Uh, well done to them. Everyone yeah. at the club. Mitch Moses was in and out of form, which, man, he needs to sort that shit out. Um, Still, maybe his best season ever. Maybe. I mean, it's up there. Yeah, yeah. It's up there. Dylan Brown, um, best season he's had. Yeah. Um, who else have we got there? It's more the problem that they, they really do need to make this a... They need to go deep into the finals this time around because they've done pretty nasty things to their roster for next year. Oh, yeah, next season's going to suck balls for them. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. For Parramatta, 2022, for, for the Parramatta Eels, they've achieved so much. I just think that uh, I just think that this should be one of the teams that Parramatta fans remember for a very long time. Up there with, was it 2001? 2001. What a wonderful team that was. 2005? So what a wonderful team that was. Great years. Great 2009? Years what a wonderful team that was. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give them a B plus. Okay. What, what was your ranking? A plus, was it? No, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't no. I think I said B. Okay. It B. was B or B plus. I've already forgot. I'm going to give them a B. You're going to give them a B. Okay. Um, next up, Penrith. Weird season for Penrith. Um, it has been. The, the suspension of Cleary sort of muddied the, the back end of the season a little bit. Mm-hmm. But that, at the same time, 
they come through that whole origin period and you know players being admitted through injuries and stuff like that almost entirely without a loss. You think that by round 19, they'd only had one loss. It was by two points to Parramatta in round nine. Um, and by the time round 21 came around, that their only two losses were both against Parramatta. It's, yeah. Um, losing, losing your halfback for five weeks at the end of the year. They lost Jerome Luai for about a month at the end of the year. Then they didn't have them for two games during Origin. They lost James Fisher-Harris towards the end of the year for two weeks with a with um, a suspension. Api Corsau was out during Origin as well. Um, they the coach was unwell for about three games, I think it was. Um, when you take all of that into account, you look at their record. And it's like they won twenty games. Yeah, <sighs> man. The, the last the last five uh, six weeks. Has probably been the worst six weeks they've had in the last three years, mm-hmm. and they still won half those games. Um, yeah, yeah, with with half a squad. And, and one of those games, they basically forfeited. Yeah, pretty much. So uh, it's it's been um, it's been another solid season. Um, I just hope that they're. I mean, the problem they're going to have is the momentum and the mindset they're in coming into the first week of the finals mm. because it's the first game clear he's had and in the side since round 20. And then his last game was a loss to Parramatta. And yeah, they had that loss last week, although it was against a bunch of, against the spare parts Panthers side. Well, um, it's a reserve grade team. It was literally yeah. a reserve grade team. But the week before that was a big win over the Warriors. You can't really take much from that. There's nothing there, yeah. Um, a four-point win over South, and before that, a 16-point loss to Melbourne. It's just, I don't know, there's there's not a huge amount of, um, you know, greatness, I dare say, that's been achieved in those last four weeks that you can build a bit of momentum off. And yeah, a lot works. of it is because of the fact that the squad's broken up, I guess. But um, they should still be the favourite for the Premiership. Uh, I'm going to give them... I'm going to give them an A-plus because of how they managed to um, navigate their way through all of that drama, especially in the middle of the season there with Origin taking such a toll on their squad. And they didn't they didn't drop a game until around 20 after Origin. Yeah, look, I, I thought I was going to overrate this season. And then you gave them an A-plus, and that's exactly what I was going to give them to. And it was... A lot of it was based upon being a Panthers fan in that if somebody had have given me everything that we listed off that they kind of dealt with this year, and then you said, oh, and they finished with 20 wins, they're six points ahead of the second-place team, and in the last two months they never really looked like being anything other than first, if not longer, really. Um the only thing I really would have loved to have seen is them with the pedal down the whole way and how much they could have gone on with it. And, um, you know, they could, I mean, they could have very easily finished like 12 points ahead. Yeah. Um, so that's the only thing I would have said. But it's hard to not give them an A plus when you look at all of that stuff and they romped away with the competition at the end of it. No, that's right. It's, and having, one of the hard things a lot of teams have these days is backing up after a strong season. Mm, mm. I mean, 
how better can a team back up from winning a premiership in their first in a while with a season like this where they've racked up 20 wins and minor premiers with several rounds to go? Yeah, where it's the last one-third of the season at the very least. As a yeah. Panther fan, you're kind of – we've been like, all right, bring on the finals, bring on the finals, bring on the finals. And, like, it's that's three seasons in a row. We've talked about them being the first team – um, to win 20 wins in three seasons in a row. So that's obviously very difficult to do. And, yeah, as you say, like for a backup season after their this team's, this squad's first premiership, it's hard to ask for much more. Like asking for anything more than that, you're asking for absolute perfection. Yeah, that's right. And, I mean, they're not that far from perfection anyway. Yeah, they've lost four games. <laughs> I'm going to ask you, when do you know when it was Penrith were not placed, uh, you know, at any time after a round outside the top two on the ladder? Outside the top two? Didn't you ask me this the other week? It wasn't at round six in 2019. Round, round nine in 20, uh Sorry, round, yeah, round six in 2020. Okay. I shouldn't have said you asked me that a couple of weeks ago because I would have sounded really smart. But I still got it wrong. I was still out by a year. And they were only, they were only outside um, – they, they were only off first place twice this year. And one of those was around one or two. What's up, buddy? Oh, look, we've got a Parramatta fan here. <laughs> what team – Okay. Because we think of Parramatta. We know that your daughter is a Panthers fan now. Right? Yeah, she's, she was being heavily pushed to being a Sharks fan by her mum. I did say to my wife when she was born, I said, right, she's got to be either a supporter of your team or my team. Yeah. And I went, uh, I don't want to have to go through life with too much misery, so I'm happy for her to be a Sharks fan. <laughs> but this boy, um, I don't know about this fella. Well, what what would be the worst team if he said if he came up to you one day and said, "Dad, you know, I think I really like the so and so's." Who would you be most disappointed for him as a fan experience? Um, South. South. Why yeah. South? Because I'm a, I'm an all I'm a Balmain supporter, so you know we hated South. Okay. I think, I think that's fair. I I think oh man, I think it's hard to go past the Warriors. Warriors. Yeah. You've got, you got to go with something traditional. The Titans. Like if you said uh, I'm going to be a Titans I think, fan. I think if he was a Titans fan, I could uh, – I'm going to say this just to stir up other Titans fans. I think I think if he was a Titans fan, I'd just say, you know what, your, t- your club's not going to last very long, and I know you're not committed to it like every other Titans fan. We can get you to go to another side. Wow, that's rough. I would <laughs> never say that about a fan base, Andrews. That's terrible. <laughs> That's because they've already changed clubs. <laughs> All right, the young fella's finally nodded off. He's uh, he's heard about the Panthers. He's happy. <laughs> he knows he doesn't need to hear anymore. So he's off asleep. Now we'll get on to the Dragons, and hopefully talking about this won't get him upset. Well, weird season for the Dragons. They, I think that they were more consistent, but they're a bad lineup. And Dragons fans are sick of watching a terrible footy team, and I get that. The media was into Griffin a lot more than it should have been, considering what I think he's getting out of this squad. I really don't rate the Dragons lineup. Really, I just think that they're 
really bad. Um, but, you know, I, I would probably give them a D plus, I think. I know that they finished ahead of Manly. Um, that was that was pretty good, really. Um, they were only four points out of, you know, top eight, which is pretty crazy. And I think that Griffin needs to be allowed to continue with what he's doing. But until their recruitment is sorted out and their junior development is sorted out, they're just going to be treading water, I think. I agree with all of that, man. They are absolutely just a mess. Um, like, how many of their players do you look at and you say, oh, yeah, he's a good player? Like Ben Hunt. Yeah, that's it. That's all um, I would take out of their team. And Zach Lomax. I think he's I think he's starting to get the shits of being there, to be honest. I, 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 look, I I don't rate him as highly as a lot of other people do. And I, he carries honest, on a bit. I'll be honest, I rate him highly, but I, I'm looking at him, especially the last two months. Mm. He doesn't look interested in playing there anymore. Yeah, I I just think that, I don't know, I, I, I think that Zach Lomax is a an all right player in a terrible side. And a little bit like the Norfoluma factor, you know, where Norfoluma's like, I'm one of the best wingers in the game. I don't know why I'm not playing Origin. And it's like, dude, you're one of the best wingers at the West Tigers. Calm down. And I think Lomax is a little bit that. That seems a bit savage. Oh, well, fucking. Norfoluma is a lot worse than that. I th- Look, I think that. I, that's what, how I rate Lomax. I, I think, really do. He's a good goal kicker. I think if you took Nofaluma to any NRL side that was mm-hmm. full strength, mm-hmm. he would not walk into any team. If you took Zach Lomax to any side that was full strength, he would walk into at least two or three sides. I'll take that silence as agreed. Uh, um, this is my brain working. I, I think you're probably right there, but I still stand by what I said. I think, say, say you put, like, like I think Lomax really thinks he's an elite player. And I think that if you put him into the Panthers' side, he'd be really upset that he wasn't the starting centre in that Panthers' side. That's probably true. And I think that a lot of the players in... Uh, in and I'm, I'm picking the Panthers because they're the best team in the comp at the moment. You um, need to look but, at it from a Tigers' perspective. Every yeah, single but, one of these Dragons players is world-class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Except for Moses and Brian Aaron Woods. Look, I, I look at the Dragon side. If I put my West Tigers glasses on, guys are fucking immortal. Mal <laughs> uh, <laughs> who? Dave what? I, I loved all of the things uh, during the last few weeks about North Luma. It's like he, he's the top try scorer in West Tigers history. It's like th- that that's like a, two or three good years for most wingers. <laughs> yeah, you're like... Yeah, have a look at the West Tigers' history. Yeah. Is that much to be proud of? Yeah, yeah. Jesus, settle down. Who's he ahead of? Like Bo Ryan? No, it's Benji Marshall and Chris Lawrence. Okay. A guy, a guy like Chris Lawrence, who spent probably, what, the last four seasons being either completely decimated by horror injuries mm. or playing in the second row and barely scoring a try. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's worth remembering. Um, but yeah, well, this, this dragon side straight is... into just tearing into the West Tigers. This great—that's easy. Yeah, to be honest, it's the backbone of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they've they've got very little direction in attack. 
Um, if Ben Hunt doesn't create it, then nothing happens. Mm-hmm. That's bad. Their forwards are... They should be performing better and more consistently than they do. That's not a horrible forward pack, but for some reason, they just don't function. They don't have a... I don't think there's any set, genuine plan. Their defense just... It, it just phases in and out. Mm. Every game, week to week. Um... It's just they're just a frustrating team to watch. I think it, it, you know, it's it's bad enough being a West Tigers fan. I think I'd hate being a Dragons fan more watching that side play because you look at them on paper and go, well, they're no chance this year, and then they get in there and they sit around eighth eighth place, mm. eighth, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth. They sit there all year. You know, like, fuck, we might be a chance. We might be a chance. And then they come to the end of the season, they throw it away. You go, oh, we're out of the calculations now. And then they win the last fucking three games. You're like, you're, you're fucking Jesus. Yeah. I hate, I hate being a Dragons fan. Yeah, and, and I look at their lineup and I sort of think, well, surely they have got to be big movers in the player market and they're not. Yeah. And, you know, you know that they've got that nursery to, to draw from, the South Coast and all that, and they don't seem to be really bringing in anybody that's too great. Um, McNuggets had a fantastic season for them. That was one thing. I, I think he he was fantastic for them. But and Ben Hunt, you you can kind of see in Ben Hunt, and his performances didn't drop off. But you kind of see in Ben Hunt that he's getting to a point where I feel like he's he's going to think to himself, I got the money, I'm good for money. Now I'm going to go and and go somewhere where I don't have to do as much work as I've had to do over the last... Like, he's busted his ass for that club. The best place for him right now is South. Yeah. Because he needs a 5'8", who has plenty of skill. He's got that at South. A forward pack that does unbelievable work he can sit behind and have great options out on the edges. South has just got everything Ben Hunt needs. And that's the perfect place for him because, yeah, he's been carrying the Dragons' attack for the bulk of the, the t- his time there. And he does look like he's just gone, why am I keep doing this? Like, the money's great, but fucking hell. <laughs> if it, you were... If you were the Parramatta Eels, would you rather give 900000 to Mitch Moses or a million dollars to Ben Hunt? Hunt. Yeah, 100%. I agree. Yeah. Hunt's just smarter with his decisions in attack. Mm-hmm. Moses is faster. I'll give him that. Um, I probably th- I think the bulk of their games is about the same, but um, Moses will just go off his game and then get tentative, and you just can't have that. Um, Hunt's built a little <laughs> bit more solidly, and so I think he's, that gives him a little bit of confidence to, to go to the line. There's, I'm, and I'm talking purely on build here, okay? But I think. Ben Hunt and Luke Brooks have a very similar body shape. And there's no surprise that both of them have no fear taking the line on. And I think that's, that's, there's a bit of that in there, whereas Moses is a little bit more slightly built. So he's a little bit more apprehensive about it, unless he's in really good form. Um, so I think Parramatta could do with someone who's a bit more um, interested in engaging the line with his own running game. Um, more than what Moses does. Moses would be a really good 5'8 next to Ben Hunt. If if the Parramatta Eels 
don't win the premiership this year. And I just can't see it. They're just such an amazing football team. But if they don't win the premiership this year, would it be smart for the Parramatta Eels to go to the Dragons and say, look, we will give you Mitch Moses and Clint Gutherson for Ben Hunt and McNuggets? I think the Dragons are being run pretty stupidly. I don't think you'd need to give that away. I think you'd go over there and say, look, we've got this bloke in uh for Wentworthville. It's going to be the next big thing. How's about you give us Ben Hunt, you have this young guy, we'll give you 50 grand to go to go with it. And we'll pay we'll pay the young guy's salary for the next three years. They're going to go, oh, jeez, yeah. I'll tell you what. They pull up his stats, they look at the running metres and say, where does this guy play on the field? He doesn't make many running metres at all. He passes the ball a lot, though. It's like, yeah, he does. He passes the ball a lot. That's what you need. That's what you guys desperately need. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting one, though. I think, yeah, I think for Ben Hunt, he would, his best place would be South. Or, or as you say, Parramatta would be... I think he'd go well on a house pairing at Parramatta with... Moses beside him. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you've got Dylan Brown. You don't need to get rid of him. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting one. I mean, yeah. Moses, Moses himself would go pretty well at South well with the with the structure they've got there. And you got, I mean, you've got Alex Johnson as a target to go to, and he just knows how to score tries. That kind of works to, to Moses' game plan of kick to the corners or run to the corners a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that would probably work as well. Yeah, and they could, I mean, they'd have to obviously clear out a cabinet for uh, all of the trophies Ilias has won compared to most. Oh, no, they wouldn't. Hang on. Well, that's the thing. I think Ilias just got re-signed too. Look, I think it's a good signing. I, I like Ilias. I think that it's it's very much like Sexton up on the Gold Coast. You chuck in a young halfback and you're going to go through the growing pains of a young halfback. We, even Nathan Cleary went through it. Every halfback does. I know. Just what he needed, though, was a good 5-8 to sort of steer him in the right direction. And what Cody Walker needs is a good halfback to steer him around the field. And yeah. neither was going to get what they wanted out of that relationship. I don't know how they yeah. fix it. Yeah, that's oil and water. Yeah, Walker's a great player. You don't, you don't throw him away, but at the same time, Elias needs a, a good half next to him, so I don't know how they get around that. But that's that's something they've got to figure out. Mm, mm. Um, so anyway, I'll give the Dragons a... Would you give them? I don't... Did I rate them yet? I don't know. Let's rate them then. Okay, let's rate them again. Whatever, whatever uh, ratings we gave them before, completely scrapped those because we're doing it again now. I'm going to give them a... Man, I'm, I'm going to give them a D- because it's... And it's... An overall thing, it's I think Griffin's coaching them, but they're just treading water as a club overall. Yeah, they're I'm gonna go going anywhere. I'm just gonna give them I'm just gonna give them a rock solid D. Okay. Yeah. They That's need some what she said. Yeah, uh next up we've got South Sydney. A bit of a strange season for South as well, hasn't it been? It's uh it has. They've at times they've looked terrible. Early on, we were worrying that they were, you know, going to be victims of the next great coaching saga with Demetrio. Um, it, it, he's turned it around though, to his credit. Uh, Latrell come back and he's playing well. Well, that, um, that's when that's when things change. If we're honest, yeah, yeah, and and they have looked really, really dangerous at times. 
Um, they finished in seventh place. You know, what would I rate them? I would give them a C plus. Yeah, I'm I'm inclined to give them a C plus as well. They struggled for over half a season for consistency. They get two good wins together and then they'd lose again. And then you're like, really? Come on, just mm-hmm. get your shit together. Um, then four good wins in a row after Origin. Um, very very close losses to Cronulla and Penrith. Um, a good win over the Cowboys as well. The, their form has been pretty good coming into the finals, and that is all on the back of Latrell Mitchell's return. Um, he's in insane form right now. They're going to be a genuine, genuine threat to every team in the finals. Um, yeah, I think I think we gave them the right the right markings there. The season took too long to get going, and it relied yeah. heavily on one player to coming back. Yeah, and look, it's his, going to be his first, Latrell's first finals game for South, which is crazy. Mm. His first finals game since he won a grand final with the Roosters, which is crazy. Um, and I guess you have to factor in the effect of them losing the grand final the way they did last year. And this is their bounce back season from that. I think considering all of that, you know, it's it's not the worst season. No, that's right. Um, and, I mean, they lost a halfback, a top-quality one as well. Yeah, and Benji Marshall on top of that, and Wayne mm. Bennett as a coach. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's a, not too bad. It's not a bad effort, considering. Yeah, yeah. They're still one of the best attacking teams in the comp as well. Yeah, the, yeah. Their defence, though, I mean, they've got to tighten that up because um, that's leaked too many points this year. So they've got to tighten that up going it into fit, the finals. It feels like... If I was at South, I would say we need to be rebuilding now so that in three years' time, we haven't bottomed out. Yeah. They're in a good position right now to get that sorted out. So mm-hmm. uh, let's hope for their sake they do. Now, next up, we've got the Roosters. Uh, the Roosters. This is I a tricky rate, one too. Yeah, yeah. I don't rate them as highly as everyone else. Um, I... I would probably give them a B minus. Um, you know, they've they've done about what I expected them to do. I might have picked them to come sixth, actually, when I think about it. Like, this is about what I thought they were. Um, a little bit inconsistent at times. Um, they've got key players that are injury prone. Uh, I, I think the thing I didn't factor in was Suwali was going to be as good as he was. Um, by the end of the year, and that Joey Manu would have an unbelievable season. Uh, so yeah, I, I think a B, a B minus, yeah. B minus, yeah. I'm, I'm going to give them a, a, just a solid. Mm, no, fuck it, upgrade. I'll go. I'll give them a B plus. Okay. Um, because they obviously injuries and and the like did hit them pretty hard through the year. Um, they missed Kiri for a fair whack of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, now sitting in the top eight up until you know round twelve, round eleven, when the Origin period sort of starts to kick in, and then lost four straight games in that period there against top eight sides. So they just started to lose touch with the the top teams they needed to be sticking close to. Mm-hmm. But a good team doesn't get swamped by that and and go downhill. They find a way to turn around, and get their shit back in back in order. The fact that they had 
what are they won ten straight games to finish the season, is it? It's something so like that. Eight, yeah, eight, eight straight games to finish mm. the season, and some of those wins were huge, and they needed to be. Um, they got their attack back in order. Their defense is finally starting to function properly. They clawed their way back from eleventh into the top six. Um, that's that's pretty impressive for me. Um, they do still f- seem to be. They've gone from being that team that's in the elite top four to being the team in the next group just below it, though. Yeah, they have dropped that little bit. Um, not too far, but it's far enough. So. How they go against Melbourne and Penrith, even to a lesser extent, Parramatta, is going to be pretty telling. But I think the most of the other teams, they should be able to handle them. Um, so, yeah, I reckon B-plus is probably as high as they, they get this year. Okay. Um, next, we've got the Warriors. Uh, oh, uh, look, you can give them... You know, you can, you can give them some leeway for what they went through having to start the season in Australia off the back of a couple of seasons where they had to play in Australia. Overall, I can't go past F. Um, Nathan Brown did nothing and and then, like, left and blamed it on his daughter. Um, the Whatever the fuck happened with Matt Lodge where they released him, but not before granting him his extension, which they have to pay out. And so yeah, that was, Matt that Lodge, was a very West Tigers move, that one. That, like Matt Lodge counts on their salary cap. You know, yeah. For the next – they didn't have to do that. Uh, I, I don't know one. what happened there, but that's fucking weird. Mm. And then Stacey Jones comes in. Uh, I, you know, they their season is they lose Walsh, you know he's out, and then um, Harris Tavita, he decides to quit playing altogether finally because <laughs> they fucked him around. I wouldn't be shocked if he starts the season somewhere else in the NRL and has a really good year. Um, I just that. that I can't think of anything good that come out of it. The only good thing is they got back home. They got back it. home. They got rid of Brown as coach. I I don't know what long term future they've got. Uh, plans they've got. Sorry for their who their coach is going to be. Is it going to be Stacey Jones next year? Or they haven't I, decided yet. No, I think they're bringing in. Uh, I think he's the assistant coach for the Panthers. One of the assistant coaches for the Panthers is going there. Oh, that's another great idea. I can't remember. He's like, yeah, the assistant coach for the Panthers, man. They all turn out. I don't know what you're talking about, Andrew. You're <laughs> acting as though there's a history of assistant coaching for the Panthers not turning out at other clubs, and I don't appreciate it. Oh, well, yeah. Form, form's a bitch like that. Um, <laughs> the other thing they missed, too, at the start of the year was Tohu Harris. Um, I don't think he gets the credit he fucking deserves, that bloke. He's mm. he's the, the meat in that pack. Man, that guy is just brilliant. I'd, I'd have him at the West Tigers in a heartbeat. You know that this. I'm just thinking the uh, the Warriors also lost, and I can't remember his name. That the young second rower who I think two years ago me and you were saying, man, if he went to the Storm, he'd be amazing, and he's going to the Storm next year. Um, <laughs> I wish I could remember his name. Damn it, because um, he's been terrible for them, but he'll turn it around at the Storm. Yeah, though, I mean they always do. 
Um, so yeah, I'm, I'll give them a. Uh, mm, I'll give them an F. Okay, yeah, F, two Fs. You, yeah, we can't sit there and just say, oh, it's it's not good that you're playing away from home all the time. Yeah, they still only won half their games at home, and they did get back to um, Mount Smart this year. Yeah. And they were against the Tigers and the Bulldogs. You know, it's not like they were a tough opposition. Yeah, exactly. And, and like, you know, fair enough, you had to relocate to Australia. But yeah, it, the thing that gets me is the drama on top of all of that, you know. And, and then you're playing Sean Johnson every game, who's clearly finished. There's just so much to like. I, I, I know at times I've been critical of Stacey Jones, but then other times... I've seen Stacey Jones in that coach's box and thought to myself, what do I really want this guy to be doing? You know, yeah. what is he supposed to do in this situation? I don't fucking know. So I, I, I revoke every, everything I've said about Stacey Jones. And I think I've said that a couple of times over the last few weeks. I, I just think you can't, it's like Brett Kamali, you know, what's he supposed to do? But we'll get to that. Well, we're well, as well now. Last one is the West Tigers. F G F G <laughs> H fucking <laughs> J minus. Fuck me, what a season. Um, the problem yeah, with the, okay. the reason why they rank so lowly too, it's not just how bad they were this season. It's the fact that I don't, I generally don't think that they've hit rock bottom yet. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, well, let's let's put it this way: when because I think it wasn't at Origin 1. Just before Origin 1, they sacked Maguire. Yeah. I think it was Origin 1. And they did it as a, a media thing, like try and bury it under Origin, which was a snake cunt move by a cunt club. Yep. Um, I, I where, where would you have thought that the season was going for them at that point? Where they currently were, around 13th, 14th, 15th. Mm-hmm. But, but what would you have rated it on our ratings right now? Like thinking where it was going to end up. Um, D, uh, E minus to F plus somewhere around there. It wasn't going to be too high. Yeah. Um, this is F minus and, and worse. Yeah. Because the players were worse when Maguire left. Yes. So why get rid of him? I, yes. I, that's what I don't understand. Their defense was obviously worse. I mean, what was it? Uh, doing some quick maths here. 180 odd points conceded in their last four games. That's an and, average of over 40 points a game. Yeah, and, and that last game, and I was going to tweet you during it, and I didn't because I thought, I, like, I, I wouldn't have wanted to get that tweet. Um I was at work anyway, so it was good. Okay. <laughs> it, it, it's uh, when the Raiders had 42 on the, the board and I, I was like, they have to have more than 42. You have to have more than 40 to be at halftime to look at that record that the Roosters have over the Bulldogs from, what is it, 1935? I know the, the – and the Dragons. Yeah. Dragons don't have the dogs. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I – and then and they were in with the shot, like mm. a proper shot, the best shot I've seen maybe ever in my life. And the, you know, the Raiders eased up. Um, but the, the fact that that is even 
and, and you know, it's, we've seen it from the West Tigers a few times. The Storm almost did it a couple of years ago. I think the Storm almost did it this year too, from memory. Um, it's crazy. Uh, there's, they made changes to get better and got far worse and then loaned players out and released players early and said that it was going to be better for them. You can't just bottom out. You know, they, they had Brett Camorley as the interim coach and then the guy that was going to decide who the coach was decided he was the coach. And they've locked in, yeah, exactly. And then they've locked in all of these coaching decisions for the next like fucking five years, which is outrageous. I can't, I just can't believe how fucking stupid this club is. Fucking so stupid. It's the, it's the future planning as well, which is stupid. So there's Mm. the only players they've given long term contracts to is a, Second-rate winger. That's it. Why? I was going through looking at their roster for next year. They've got like four hookers on the books. The same number of centres and second rowers that they've got on the books. Why? Yeah. There's three five-eighths and no halfback. Why? And let's be honest, Luke Brooks has always been a five-eighth. But they don't have a, they don't have a genuine halfback. They've got three genuine five-eighths. No halfback. There's rumours that they're going to do a player swap with Peachy going to Penrith in exchange for Staines. Now, you just let Peachy's contract run out, don't you? He's got another year to go. Yeah, but, like, you just you go, like, okay. Why are we chasing Staines? I don't know. I don't know. It makes zero sense. They you need just, you let a Peachy genuine... come off the books and that, that that bad mistake is gone. But no, you take Penrith's mistake back for the next few years. <laughs> Why? Go and talk to the Dragons and say, look, we'll give you Tyrone Peachy and in exchange, in exchange we'll take Ben Hunt. You're going, boom, we've made an upgrade. Things look different. Things look better. But No. We're going to do trades with second-rate players who are reserve-grade players for other clubs and make them first-grade players in our club. Why? I, this is the stupid shit this club does. As I've said in tweets and I've said on this podcast before, while every other team's out there and they go, okay, I've had a look at the roster. We really need to get this sort of a player and that sort of a player. And then they go out and they recruit them. Mm. The Tigers look at the player roster and they then they go, okay, we have a players roster, right? What else did they look at? Oh, this is the list of the players who are currently for sale. I'm going, oh, okay. Well, let's just put or give them all on offer and see who comes over. And, and you go, like, oh, okay. Now we've got 19 hookers. Now what do we do? Oh, someone will have to play in the second row. Oh, okay. Or Tim Sheen's genius or something like that. I don't know. This is a stupid thing they do. All they do is buy players not based on what they want, but based on their availability. And it's so fucking irritating because they've been doing it for years. It's a Tim Sheen's thing. And when he came back, I went, there's too many bad things are going to happen to this club, and they've already started. And as we, as you said several weeks ago, when you approach, when you go and appoint a coaching director, the first thing they do is they sack the coach, mm-hmm. and every single one of them's done it. And I'm... I'm not one for this sort of shit, but I've heard around the traps that he's not planning to stay any more than two years. He's got a, a gig he wants to go to back in England. So 
He doesn't, he doesn't even give a fuck about the club. I wouldn't be shocked. Wouldn't He's be here shocked. just to get the cash until he gets another gig back in England. That's where he wants to go because he knows he'll get a coaching gig over there for as long as he wants. Because, yeah, he's in the elite coach in England. He's dog shit here. I, I, don't want any, I don't want him to have anything to do with this club. There's he, just there's somebody at the West Tigers that thinks that it's really smart recruitment to take the off-cuts of every other team. You get all of the players that every other team don't want at the end of the year when they've filled out their rosters, they've done their recruitment, and then, then they look at who's excess that they don't need. And the West Tigers are like, that's where the bargains are. And it's like, all you do is take on everyone else's problems. Do you know James Roberts retired the other day? It was the one highlight of the season for me. Yeah, he's 29. James Roberts retired. Now, they signed James Roberts out of rehab. Okay, and good luck to James Roberts. I hope he's got his life back on track. And it, it, kind of, it was kind of heartwarming to hear that he'd retired just for the fact that you kind of think maybe he's thinking football's not for me. I can go away and sort, you know, be be different, have a different environment, whatever. But um, that's been a disaster. Like, it was, that, was there ever going to be anything but that? Hmm. That's the thing. Tyrone Peachy was just—he's—he's he's a guy that's needed as someone to sit down with him from the day he made his debut, not at the West Tigers, his NRL debut. Someone to sit down with him and say, okay, yes, you have a fuck ton of ability in a lot of different positions. What's your favorite position? Let's see if we can get you skilled up in that area and make you elite at that position. And no one did. That's a fault of every single club he's been to. And now he's 31 years old and he's a utility player who's a jack-of-all-trades and master of none. And those players don't get signed anymore. The game doesn't work for those players anymore. Mm. They just languish. And they go from shit club to shit club because they're the only ones that'll buy them. And that is a horrible way for Tyrone Peachy's career to end up because that that guy has a just a fuck-ton of ability and deserved to do better and have a lot more success in his career. And... I don't know. I, I, you can blame the player to some extent, but when you're when you have that much ability and um, you know you can cover several different positions, what a lot of those players need is someone to sit down with them and say, "I want you to do this sort of stuff, and I want you to be this sort of player," and just turn them into that and and focus entirely their efforts on making that happen. Because mm. otherwise, they're just going to be jumping around from position to position, and they won't be able to master any of them. They won't get the honours that they genuinely deserve, and they won't get the achievements they genuinely deserve. Yeah, and I like if he goes to Penrith, he'll at best be a bench player. Um, that's if he can hold his place in a first-grade team, which is very difficult for very good players at Penrith. And then, like... You know, he'll maybe provide a little bit of playmaking off the bench when they're rotating their forwards, but like that's it, you know. And and they, if they get him, they're doing that while they get rid of Staines, who's who's just gone downhill since his first few games, which is unfortunate. Um, you know, I can and I can see where the the Panthers are like, well, let look, let's roll the dice here because at least Peachy can play in the forwards, you know, off yeah. the bench. Um, I just. And the crazy, the crazy thing to me too is that I, I look at the West Tigers team and the one dude that you looked at this year and thought, oh, there's something here, was Luke Garner. And it's this big, 
he's really a second role playing center. Big dude. He moves pretty good. Oh, his lateral movement is very good. Yeah. That's why yeah. he was able to go to center and actually not leak tries like, compared to the actual first, you know, first line centers that we had there. He was the best one we had and he was just doing it part time. Can build around a guy like that. Yeah. I mean, he, he's basically, um, you know, very similar in style and playmaking style, I guess, as uh, you know, Kirk Capewell can play in the centers, but he's genuinely a second rower. That's, That's what sort of I thought. Thing. Reminds me, not with the playmaking ability, but reminds me of Yo a little bit with his just the size and mobility. Yeah. Um, hasn't got the close to the line footwork that he has, but no, God, just, God, no one does. Yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, exactly. But just the the fact that he's so big and he can move like that, and when he gets through the line, he he's he's got a, a nice running style, which probably seems very old football, but it's I was, like I, I like actually, to see that. I think it reminds me a lot more um, in every asset to Luke Lewis when he went to the second row. Just knows how very to hit those lines really good. Yeah, yeah, very early. When he still yeah. had that athleticism of a back. Yeah. Um, and then where's he going to be next year? Oh. Penrith. Penrith. The other one they had was a uh, – um, what was that young forward they let go to Manly? Uh, Tuolangi. God, that kid looks impressive as hell. They let him go. Um, I don't know why they keep doing this. I, there was a rumour that Liddell was going to end up at the Dragons next year. No, let him go. They've got... Oh, they've t- got take it, drive him there. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you've just gone and bought um, Coruscant. I don't know why. Yeah, you already had three hookers on the books. Why are you buying another one for? And it's not a, it's not a criticism of Coruscant. He's obviously the best hooker the Tigers have right now. Mm. But you have three. You've invested so much time in Little when he was injured and you've done all this money and all this time on him to say, oh, goodbye. That's just the weirdest thing ever. I don't know why. It makes no sense to me. They've got a young guy that's in the in the low grades who should be getting pushed up to you know have a crack at being a long-term hooker option there. But it, that'll be put back for two seasons because I'll have Chorus out there and he's not going to be playing 60 minutes a week or 40 minutes a week. He's an 80-minute player. Well, you look at their develop their, their pathway for hookers, right? So they bring back Robbie Farah, old Robbie Farah, and then they go from him and they want Liddell to be the the next guy. But Liddell's got injury problems, so they, they loan Harry Grant. Harry Grant has a great, great season for them, amazing season. But he, I mean, he's gone. He's one yeah. season. It's alone. He does nothing really. So then Liddell comes in, and it's pretty clear that he's not the he's not what they hoped for. And no, they well, but- sign Coruscant, who is a veteran, is going to be a veteran hooker by the time he gets there. Thirty two or something now. Uh, is he? I think he's only. Tw- I think. Or is he 30? No, I think he's he's only 29. Because remember, we were talking about the Panthers didn't have a 30-year-old in their side. Oh, yeah. So he's 29. But oh, he's, he's 32 by the time he ends, yeah. He, he's, got some, he's got some miles on him, you know? Yeah. And so what is the, what's the plan? Is it for him to come in and you build around him? Because you're only going to be able to build around him for a couple of years at most. Like, name me one good hooker after the age of 33 that's last name wasn't Smith. 
You know, that's a yep. very fucking short list. It's just, it's not like he's the finishing touch. No. And I mean, next year they're still going to have the whole drama with Dewey, Brooks, and um, Hastings all side. I don't want to see either of them, any of them, playing at lock. Mm-hmm. You can't carry a lock that size anymore. Doesn't matter which one of them is, you can't carry a lock that size anymore. There's too much defensive workload involved. Um, all and of them, Dewey at Dewey at the end of the year looked like they'd broken him finally, hey? Oh yeah, it was. They keep playing him out of position. Mm. He deserves far better than that. Far, far better than that. He should be their first choice six, without doubt. Hastings mm. has shown that he can handle the the duties of a seven. Mm-hmm. Brooks has been better defensively. His first contact is a lot stronger than it used to be because um, he's stockier, I guess, and he's a little bit shorter. Um, he probably could make the transition to hooker, but you're not going to do that now that you've got Karras out there. So you, you're you not going to carry three highly paid players. So what do they do? They weaken the centres to put Dewey out there, who just becomes a target for opposition second rows to run at. And yeah. Dewey's defence is okay, but it's not... First grade centre, okay. You know, it's, and you can. You, sorry, go on. No, I was going to say, it's like he's, he's a half centre, okay. Where, you know, where they're not designed to be making one on one tackles that are impactful like a centre will. Mm-hmm. They're designed to stick to a tackle until the help comes along that's, you know, usually next to them somewhere to finish it off. That's how most halves defend these days. You can't have someone like that in the centres anymore. No. Same goes with Hastings at, at, at lock. He's in the middle of the field. He has to be defensively strong for 18 minutes. His technique's good, but he doesn't have much size or drive behind him. And so he often will struggle to get a player to the ground in a one-on-one tackle. And if you start needing to get another player to come across in the middle of the field to help your lock make a tackle, you've created a hole in the middle of the field. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's the worst place to have it because everyone starts condensing in to either try and cover it, which then you've got overlaps everywhere, or they stay out and you just got holes up the middle. The the crazy one to me is that if you could if you could go into a lab and build a twenty twenty two center in the NRL, it's Luke Garner. Yeah. It's literally Luke Garner. And I don't know who it was at Penrith that saw him early, because they'd already signed him before he'd really started before you started watching him and going Oh, who's this guy? You know, Penrith had signed him already. I think um, um, I think Cleary knew about him even at his time at the West Tigers, and I know it was several years ago. Okay, but Garner is twenty six, so he would have been there, and he would have been fairly young. He would have known about him then. Yeah, because oh, well, that's interesting because he has kicked on a, as an older player. Um, but geez, I, I just oh man, what a what a just a poorly poorly run club, and I'm being generous. Um, you don't need it, to be. <laughs> it's a it's a fucking trash organization, and I I I feel so sorry for you as a Tigers fan. I feel so sorry for Tigers fans. I'm not attacking you guys. If I had my way that I could wave a magic wand, you said have a good football team. It's not like I'm I'm attacking you lot. It but you it you can't avoid the reality. Otherwise, you just end up pretending that it's it's oh it's going to be good it's going to be all right you know and when you do that you just 
you get on the treadmill of just being garbage. Yep. It's so sad. It's so bloody sad. Yeah. They're, they're mediocre for a reason. Yeah. Because, because, that's, that's, because they choose to be. Exactly. And, like, mediocre is the height of their existence over the last, like, we're going back to 2005. Yep. You know, that's uh, terrible. Like, since 2005, the I would say the best moment they had was, remember that finals game against the Roosters? The one they lost? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The best, the best, the best moment since uh, the grand final was losing a finals match. Yeah, eh, all they do is they just know how to lose really well, and, and now <laughs> they know how to lose really well. And now they've got to work out how you get out of that tanking position. And when you look at the teams at the NRL, the, and we've rated a lot of teams as an F. The West Tigers are bottomed out. The New Zealand Warriors bottomed out. Good luck getting out of it. The Newcastle Knights bottomed out. Years and years ago, still aren't out of it. The Titans, even though they've got some talent, they bottomed out. Look how difficult it is. The Bulldogs, they bottomed out. Look how difficult it is for them to get out of there. It's just, it's so, it's so difficult. You just can't allow it to happen. And no, that's, that's why right. you look at the Cowboys. They had, they had, they were not good for a long time. Then they bottomed out, and that's why it's so important that they bounce back this year. Fully agree, mate. Fully agree. Um, when was the last time we had so many teams bottoming out all at the same time? I, I can't remember it. Hey. It's, it's been bad, hasn't it? It really has. And, you know, people will say, oh, it's, it's not a talent thing. It's not a talent equalization thing. It's not the cap not working. It's organizations that are fucking terrible at what they do. Yeah. We're starting to see now the the importance more than ever of having um, a well-run organisation off the field. Like a lot of the times in the past, you could be atrocious off the field, but still have a, still be good enough to get a team winning games on the field. Mm-hmm. But now, if, if you're bad off the field, it automatically, immediately impacts on the field. Yeah. Um, good clubs, smart clubs, will recognise this straight away and they'll attend to it. Um, that's not the West Tigers. No. And look, you, if you look at the teams that are in, in the top eight, right, the Panthers have that junior base, which is like a cheat code, okay? <laughs> uh, the Sharks have managed to be, even when they weren't going great after they got rid of all of their Asada players and that, that they were still not too bad, you know? Yeah. Um, the Cowboys have bounced back after a few bad seasons, and a lot of it is their juniors, you know. The Parramatta Eels, even when they're terrible, and they, they're not great at producing juniors, but their juniors do the job. Their juniors yeah. keep them floating around, you know, outside the eight, just inside the eight around that area. The Roosters have no juniors, and they manage to keep it, you know, going strong. And you go through, about, They're all they? juniors. What's that? They're all Roosters juniors. What are you on about? Okay. That's in Queensland. Um, the Raiders, you know, even they, you can say what you like. Off the field, like the football side of th- things, we've been critical of. Off the field, actually really run well-run organisation financially. Like that's what the West Tigers think they are. The West Tigers think that they're the Canberra Raiders off the field, and they're fucking not. 
I don't know what they think they are. They are. I like think... the Raiders actually own a lot of shit yes. as a club. They own a lot of shit. West Tigers think that they're the Raiders and they're fucking not. Hey, hey, but hey, you know what? You know what? The good thing is about the West Tigers though. Mm-hmm. Center of Excellence is fine up and running. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's a new how long, era. How long have they been building that fucking thing for? A long time. Yeah. I just like that the new era. It, they're going to have to make like posters that say "New Era," and it's going to have Tim Sheens on it. It's going to have Robbie Farrell on it. It's going to have Benji Marshall on it. <laughs> it's like what the fuck, man? And a bunch of faces of players who you don't know on it. Yeah. Um, Who's that fucking guy? <laughs> is that a trainer? <laughs> hey, look, Apricorus is there. <laughs> it's uh. I don't know. I, th- I think I joked about the whole new era hashtag thing at the absolute start of the season. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad the West Tigers proved me right. You were onto it so early. I'm really proud of you, actually. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> you know, every club does it now. I'm wondering, I'm, I'm desperately seeking to see what they do for next year. How do you talk yourself up after that? I saw the... I saw on Instagram a couple of days, it might have actually been yesterday, the mm-hmm. West Tigers had their Players Awards night. And so every time a player wins an award, they put up a picture of them and, you know, what the name of the award is. Mm. And pretty much every single person there is just replying with, why do they even have an awards night when they come last? Mm. You couldn't win games. Why should you be winning awards? <laughs> Who won their best player? Don't know. I don't care. Yeah. I... No, I think it was um, Joe Offengowie. Oh, my God. So he got the best player of the year, and then they announced after it that he's extended his contract for another two or three seasons, I think. Because <laughs> that's what you do. Wow. Uh, yeah, he had, a, he had, I think, the worst year of his career, hey? Uh, who could we give it to? Well, that's what I was thinking. Who would you give it to? I, 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 is it Luke Garner? <laughs> It'd have to be Luke Garner. Yeah, um, like... Chris Laurie was not bad considering. I mean, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to become find erratic who, towards the end, unfortunately. I was just trying to find someone who barely played any footy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they contributed um, the least to the disaster. Well, I mean, Luke Brooks kicked a, uh, a, winning, a match-winning field goal. Oh, that's something. And I think he kicked a, a penalty goal as well to win a game, did he? Or something? Scored a try to win a game somewhere. I can't remember that. Or something like that. He was involved in two games where he had to do two clutch-like things. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It's a mess of a season. Who would be the... It's like, do they have a... I guess they've got a Rising Star Award. That I think that's going to be their hashtag next year, though. It'll be hashtag Rise Tigers or something. Or... Um, hmm, how's about... We're not at rock bottom yet. (laughs) (laughs) There's one more spot to go because I know a lot of people will say when you're at the bottom of the ladder, the only way is to go is up. But next year there's a 17th team. Mm. They can still go lower. Yeah, 100%. And they will. Oh, man. There's nothing in the squad to work on to make them better. Um, It might be something we'll look into for a future episode. Look at... You know, legitimately, who they're going to have. You know, we could do this for all the teams, I guess, in the off-season. You know, mm-hmm. who they're going to have in their squad for next year that are already there. You can't work around that. 
and what they need to do to fix that. That would be Look at the Tigers one. It's a mess. I would love for palmerbet.com to put up a market uh, West Tigers versus Redcliffe Dolphins, right? But then you've got like a plus minus handicap betting on it. So, because I think that the Dolphins will, will be ahead of the Tigers, right? So, what would what would the odds be for like the West Tigers one position lower than them, you know, I see. and then four or four positions lower than them? Like, so just say yeah. the Dolphins finish in tenth and the Tigers are in fourteenth. Like, what would you know that sort of thing? Yeah, that'd be a cool market. Yeah. But you just start up a niche betting market. Yeah. I'll get in touch with Palmer Bet about that. Yeah. yeah you have chats with them. Yeah. You have a chat. You, you get your people to talk with their people. Yeah. Well, we're all we're all each other's people. That's it's great. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, look, that's uh that's been the review. That's been pretty uh pretty thorough. I'd yeah, it's imagine. been thorough, fun. Um, if anybody's upset about our ratings. Go to podcast at leaguefreak.com and send us an email and tell us why we're wrong. Yeah, and we'll tell you why you're wrong. Yeah, we'll, we'll eviscerate you on this podcast, you fucking... Nah, we won't. We won't. We're always very fair with people that email us because the last thing you want to do is create this fucking culture where it's like, I'm not emailing them. They'll fuck me up on their podcast. Yeah, we don't do that. No, nah, no. Nah. That's not what we do. No. We only go after mainstream media like that. Yeah, true. So if it's um, if James Hooper decides to send us an email. Podcast mm. at leaguefreak.com. Yeah. Come on, James. Have some nuts. Get in touch. Not, not being nuts, though. No, you've got enough of those. Um, oh, speaking of getting in touch, make sure you check us out on the socials, on Instagram and Twitter at Fergo Freak Pod. We're on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and that other one, MySpace. I mean... No one looks at it, but, you know, you can if you want. There's nothing there. Mm. Um, yeah, get in touch. Give us a five-star rating on your podcast listening app. Leave us a review. Send us an email. Do all of that. It's You, you just have to. And uh, we'll catch you all next time. Palmerbet with the big don't argue. Punters will love that. Download our app today and enjoy tackle-busting benefits with great odds, more markets, and same-game multi every NRL match at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858.